In each episode of the Rebel Educator podcast, you'll hear discussions with world-class educators, students, and thought leaders in education as I extract the tactics, tools, and routines that you can use as teachers and parents. I'm Tanya Sheckley, founder of Up Academy and host of Rebel Educator. I invite you to join me for these conversations as I discover how to shift the classroom, the learning environment, the mindset, and the pedagogy to resist tradition, reignite wonder, and reimagine the future of education. Subscribe to Rebel Educator wherever you get your podcasts. I'll walk away and then there's a fish on the table. Edutech Guys Radio, radio radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site in this program for those of participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. Hello and welcome to this episode of EduTech Guys Radio, brought to you by Southwest Arkansas Education Cooperative and Hope Public Schools, home of the Bobcats, both <laughs> located in Hope, Arkansas. Why don't I say, oh, hey, this is Jeff. Am I doing that? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can read the outline. You want me to you read the outline? you got to throw it over I know. <laughs> well, I didn't know. We didn't. Uh, you know, uh, we're we're just going to tell you right now, this is the most. This is our 10th episode. This is the 10th anniversary This is, this is the, the most show. improv version of the show we've ever done. This is, we, uh, it's, this is, it's the start of school in less than five days. Yes. So it's it's gets hectic for us. It's uh, five days to the start of school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're a little scared. Um, I'm Jeff Madlock with Hope Public Schools, and this is... Greg Moore. Greg Moore with Hope Public Schools. Hey, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. Uh, you can listen to us right there, and if you actually log into Mixler, you can chat with us. I got the chat window open. Let me know what's going down. Hey, we're also on Periscope right now, so if you want to catch hey, us on how's Periscope, it going, eh? just go out to Periscope, type in Edutech Guys, and it will find us live streaming video and audio you get to see the whole behind the scenes magic that or happens beautiful here. beautiful faces. all of the stuff that goes down um, all the blue smoke all the blue <laughs> yes the magic blue smoke. <laughs> so uh yeah welcome to the show today uh it, it like i said it's our 10th anniversary this is our 10th show um, we're this, pretty excited this is the about anniversary it. where you stop actually doing anything with your significant other and you just sort of you know sit <laughs> around paper. the house <laughs> so I'm paper, you know what that is yeah. it's 10th paper is that, that that's, that's that's where funny. we're at ladies and gentlemen we're, we're at paper <laughs> I, I lost the show notes altogether here so. <laughs> okay well i'll tell you what today we're going to be talking about changes to google classroom very cool stuff um we're also going to be talking about um a bus tracking app that Mesa County Schools in Colorado has put in place with their recent fleet upgrade. Um, there's, I think, I think that's probably going to be a pretty uh, deep discussion. Uh, Bus tracking. Lo- lots of different ramifications. Um, uh, we'll find some other stuff that we're going to talk about. We're going to feature the Shane Howard Band again this week. We've got a couple of songs from them and uh, share. Uh, Google tip or whatever else we come up with. So stick around this hour. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Yeah, very exciting stuff. And it's pretty interesting because, like we said, uh, pretty much every school in Arkansas starts Monday. Yeah. Uh, so most of the schools in the country are starting up this week, uh, a week before, and uh, you, the next you, week. I hear if you put your ear to a textbook, you can actually hear all the teachers. The screaming of children. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that could be what's happening. 
Hey, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about some great stuff, especially beginning of school. If you're a teacher out there and you're probably in professional development right now, I think Wednesday. What are you doing before, listening to us? Pay attention to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hopefully, we're not the PD for whatever's going on out there. But yeah, every week, um, uh, the week before school, usually the Wednesday and Thursday are PD days. So I know you're out there doing some professional development. Lots of new stuff coming in out there. Uh, you've got uh, your website stuff. You've got your social media, which is really big. Uh, we just left, a, David and I just left a workshop concerning everything from uh, blended to uh, personalized. No, no, no. Blended learning, online learning. Yeah. Uh, it, it's helping, uh, in this particular case, it's focused for um, some folks at Hope Public Schools High School for now. Um, and that's what it is. They're, they are learning how to take their current lessons, their current content, and ultimately down the road throughout, throughout the year, they learn how to take that content and convert it into a blending lear- blended learning environment. Yeah. So, yeah. So, good stuff. Uh, like good I said, stuff. you listen to radio.edutechguys.com. Check us out there. It'll take you right to the Mixler site. We like to use Mixler.com, M-I-X-L-R.com, uh, to do our radio productions. You can find all of our show reels from past shows there. You can also chat with us. So, if you're online and you're there, send us out a question or a chat. Today, as last week, we were on Periscope. And um, it looks like we have three viewers. We had five, and two of them went, these guys are ridiculous. These, so guys, these <laughs> guys are nuts. <laughs> oh, you're crazy. We're not sticking around um, for this. We are on Periscope, so if you want to pop over to Periscope and uh, drop in on this, you can see what's going on. And speaking of Periscope, this last Saturday, um, I got to experience Periscope in a different way. Um, Ed Camp Periscope was a hashtag, and it is a website, yeah, E-D-C-A-M-P Periscope. Um, dot com and um, I did a 20 minute uh, lesson on using uh, radio broadcasting software over the internet in the classroom which was on Periscope if you check out edutechguys.com you'll find a blog entry there with the actual video drop to YouTube if you'd like to watch and learn about using Mixler or Spreaker in your classroom to do free uh, broadcasting Uh, you can do hour-long broadcasting and EdCamp seems to be something on Periscope that might really catch on it was a Saturday and so it's a lot of fun. That's cool. That's very yeah. cool. Um, uh, talking about EdCamp and Google and all that stuff, uh, Google Classroom, what's the big thing? Well, just uh, earlier this week, um, or it may have been late last week, <laughs> my days all blur together. I <laughs> like think we, it was, but like I believe said, it was earlier this week. Start us um, They opened up Google Classroom so that you could actually whitelist domains and then you could communicate with those domains outside of your own um, that's actually a pretty big deal um, that's one of one of the biggest hang-ups um, complaints I guess maybe that I've heard from different folks who have started using Google classroom is that that the, the collaboration piece that that it's great for internal you know in the district in the classroom uh, use but that um, working with other students in other districts or even just outside of your own domain uh, because that wasn't an option that, that they felt pretty limited. Um, really one of the things keeping it from being a full-blown LMS uh, environment. And now they've opened that up. So you go in there, your, your admin can go in there, whitelist uh, other domains that you'd like to collaborate with and then um, I believe, 
No, no, maybe not. I was going to say I believe the domain on the other side has to do the same, but I don't think so. I think it's it's pretty much one way. I think way. it is just one so, way. Yeah. So yeah. the interesting part is that that helps Google Classroom move into a true more uh, more learning management system. Mm-hmm. Right. You yeah. know, since it's not so exclusive. Sure. Because before it was kind of like eh, it's just handling documents, but now it's becoming more of a learning management system. I believe probably we'll see a lot coming out of Google Labs for classroom mm. and education this year. Um, yeah. There's one. Let's talk about that really quick. Yeah. Google now is not the head company. It's now Alphabet. Alphabet, yes. So and apparently BMW actually learn actually owns the Alphabet trademark and so there's like rumors that they don't want to give it up and although that could be posturing that they you know they're just trying to get more money for it and so yeah, the fact that Alphabet they did, it looks like they didn't even go and try to buy the domain they did or try to buy the trademark or anything they just sort of say oh yeah we're yeah, alphabet we're now. alphabet well you're google you can do stuff like that exactly okay so so since this is new to me i had not heard of this so Where have you exactly been who is alphabet <laughs> alphabet uh is google is now alphabet they are now google is now wholly a, owned by alphabet whole, so yeah, a subsidiary of alphabet oh yeah, they've changed. They've yeah, and it's interesting. I saw a great article from their human relation person that had began working when Google was ten people, and she said that it was funny. Sergey and um, boy, my brain just uh, Sergey Brin and, and uh, anyway, the other dude. They spent a lot of time playing. <laughs> they spent a lot of time playing with Legos, and she said the first thing they were doing was trying to uh, make a device that would turn the page of a book. Mm. Well, that was because they wanted to scan books. Right. You know, mm. I mean. Everything about Google and those two guys are, how can we build this? What can we build next? Mm. And that's Google. And I think that this is just a move to, you know, maybe branch out. Maybe Google got restrictive in what they could do as a company as Google. And now Alphabet can now, you know, start buying up companies like Apple. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of talk about why exactly this was done, whether it's for financial reasons or if it was just my, like a management restructuring. Because now the Sergey Brin and other guy whose name suddenly escapes us. Um, we could Google that. We could Google that. We no, could. no, we can't do that. This has to be live. It's actually, I think it's ABC.com. It's ABCXYZ. It? That's it, ABCXYZ. Um, There's actually uh, some really neat Easter eggs yeah, on that website. Yeah, you showed me one of those earlier, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, one of the website that it's uh, Larry Page. That's who we were thinking of. That's the one. That's it. Um, yeah, there's a really neat. If you go to abc.xyz and down the page, um, it, there's a there's a at the end of a sentence, and I forget it was something about the drones, isn't it? There's a period at the end of when the sentence is about drones. If you click it, it actually takes you to a fake page for Hooli, and Hooli is the made up company on the HBO uh, television show, the HBO series Silicon Valley. So it's pretty neat. That's that's a really kind of a funny. It just shows you that uh, Google still has a, has a, a really sense of humor. Sense yeah. Of humor. Yeah, yeah, it's still it's a really funny sense sentence, of humor. It's after the sentence, drone delivery effort. Yeah. And if you go to abc.xyz uh, and then do a control F if you're on Windows or a command F if you're on Mac, you can then search for uh, that text on the page, drone delivery effort, and then click on the period that's following that text. Okay, I think we've given Google plenty of airtime at this point. <laughs> I wish someone from Google was listening and would send us send me a dollar. Hey, send me man, a dollar. Hey, big man, can I hold a dollar? <laughs> no. Anyway, um, so let's jump on. David, I think you had something about uh, some really cool stuff with bus fleets. Uh, yeah, I was uh, going through several articles this past week, and, and one of them that kind of jumped out at me, um, Mesa County Schools in Colorado recently upgraded their bus fleet uh, and it's got you know Wi-Fi and other stuff, which is very cool. However, that's not necessarily um, 
newsworthy these right, days. I mean, exactly. right, everybody seems to be throwing Wi-Fi on the buses lately. Uh, but what caught my attention was that they've now provided an app to parents so that parents can track their child's bus anywhere it's going. So they can tell when their kids so, are going to be delivered, like UPS. You know, like you, yes, like UPS, yes. <laughs> or at least theoretically, right? Yeah, it, exactly. it doesn't track if your child gets Man, off at the wrong stop. I did stop. not sign for this kid. I, this kid is not mine. <laughs> That's right. That's, it's not addressed to me. I return to sender. <laughs> um, but so that got to me. That, that got me thinking, though. You know, is the fact that that parents can now track their student buses. I mean, is this is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Uh, is is this just one more step in in the whole you know helicopter parenting uh, <laughs> makeup? You know, I mean, and then ultimately, um, which you know, I, I haven't obviously talked to the folks at Mesa County. Perhaps I should have before coming on the air and running my <laughs> well, mouth. But anyway, let's just speculate rampantly. You know, uh, you know why why was this tracking put in place, and and what difference? does do, do they think this is going to make um i don't know did the history have a you know was there a history of buses falling off the routes in the district so now we you can't go in the woods Man, anymore johnny those, or, you know those, I, I don't those. know i don't you know i don't know but but ultimately the the what i think is worth discussing is the fact of it here you now have an app that parents can use they log in they find their student and it tracks that student's bus from you know Point a to door point B. to door. Uh, I don't know. What do, what do you think? I I think anytime you add more monitoring of any flavor, then people expect more reporting. Right. Mm. And which can cause you more trouble. It's sure. it's like security cameras in school. You know, inevitably they want some video, and that happened to be the day that maybe it wasn't working, mm. or it's grainy, or it opens up seven other cans of fish that you don't want to even get into. Kettles of fish. Excuse me. Kettles and, of uh, fish. Can't. But you know, I, of fish, to me, worms. yeah. I mean, if you give people an app that's GPS in the bus, uh, we all use GPS, and mm-hmm. we've all seen that. You know, I look to see where my girls are on the iPhone, and and oh, hey, they're still twenty miles from being home. Hey, they're in the driveway. Okay, well, that was wrong. <laughs> right. You yes, know, yes. I, that's you know, my kids should be here. <gasps> well, actually, the bus is still seven miles down the road, and mm-hmm. you're getting a false reading, which can happen. Right. It's just, right. I think. It, I think inevitably it will cause them a little more headache than they probably were hoping Plus, for. You know, it's it, like you like you said was was this a problem beforehand? And so, I, I have the sneaking suspicion, and again, this is totally unjustified, but this this sounds like one of those features that, like, a company came in and said, "Oh, it will do this." You know, they wanted to buy you know Wi-Fi for the buses, and it was sort of a value-added thing. And now it's just kind of become a headline because it's new and it's shiny and. People on radio shows like to talk about new shiny things. So <laughs> we do. Yes, we always do talk about new shiny new stuff. Shiny stuff. So, and you know, and again, anytime you do that, just like Jeff was saying, where it's like it, it doesn't always work quite right. You've you've added maintenance. So true. Uh, and we've we've actually covered the uh, the subject at Hope Public Schools recently about adding Wi-Fi to buses, whether we should, whether we shouldn't. Um, and it, as far as we've kind of thought about it, is it's. Okay, yeah, you could do your homework on the bus, but you know, then you've got the kids who get car sick or whatever, and so that they won't be doing their homework on the bus. And then, okay, so it's you know X Y Z number of miles, but is that really long enough to actually do anything that would be educationally valid in any way? Right, right. So it, we kind of suspected that it would mostly wind up turning into just you know surf YouTube on the bus instead of you know. But again, it's possible that you could do homeschool or. Uh, homework on the bus 
Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see if they actually have success or if there's somebody out there who's reporting success with, oh, yeah, our kids do home, homework on the bus every day, and t- they turn it in, that would be great because, I mean, right. that's the sort of data we're looking for. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a neat thing. And I, you, it, it is, like Greg said, it's a value-added piece that comes now with, hey, we already put this on your bus, so guess what? Now you're going to get this with it. So, I, And I'm, I, what I would be interested in, in terms of follow-up or, or reporting is, once once you get past the initial, all the parents do it because it's this cool little novelty thing. At the, and then after that, so let's say a month into school, two months into school, I, I, you know, how many parents are going to be using the app at that point? Right. Uh, you know, I mean. And then again, it's no, no value added, lots of maintenance. So. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. So, you know, here's this here's this thing that actually turns out. Uh, nobody's using. Uh, yeah. Then again, we don't really know why it was put in place other than perhaps value added. You know, if this was something that parents were just absolutely clamoring for or, you know, attack on. So if if it was, if there was a need and, and a desire and a want um, that the parents were saying, we you know, we need a way to, for us to be able to track our buses better because, you know, we're not sure when the buses you know, are going to arrive. Maybe it was, it was a scheduling issue, whatever. Okay, then the need was there. They found a program. It meets the need. Great. If there was never a need there, then at that point, you know, you almost have to create that need. And then, you know, is it really needed? Right. Um, right. So I, I don't know. And I'm thinking from a parent standpoint, you know, I've, I've got a child uh, in uh, school. And, and I'm just trying to think, you know, if, if she were a bus rider, and this were offered at the district where she goes, is this something that I would want? Would I want to know where the bus is? Right. You know, from the time it left the school to the time it got to the house. I Personally, no. I don't, you know, I, sorry. I, I guess I just trust the bus driver. Sure. This, this seems to be there. something that, te- that education seems to do in general. Is we, we, we tend to sometimes step into technology for the sake of technology. Right. Where it's just, okay, is this is this a problem that, you know, caused us to go out and find a solution to solve it, or is it just a solution in search of a problem? Yeah. So. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, just, I thought that was an interesting I agree. article that I had come across. Yes, indeed. So. Hey, well, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. Uh, we're coming to you live from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op in Hope, Arkansas. This is our 10th anniversary. It's our 10th show from the season one, so we're pretty <laughs> excited that we're hey, all still here. You know, three more shows, and we'll have a TV season. Oh, yeah, we can be syndicated. Oh, 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 that's that right, we can be syndicated. Awesome. Yep. Woo-hoo. Uh, I think all of our five regular listeners will be really excited about that. <laughs> they, they will. You're all invited to drive down here in uh, <laughs> we'll Southwest Arkansas. We're going to have a big <laughs> syndication party. <laughs> we can listen to reruns together. Hey, if you're also on the Twitter, <laughs> I said it, uh, you can the check Twitter. us out on Periscope. Just go into Periscope and check out EduTech Guys. Uh, you'll find us live there. If you're watching us on Periscope, send us a couple chats or ask us some questions. Uh, why are you guys doing this? Why do you have the redheaded guy there? He's useless. <laughs> Whatever that. You can send us a, right there. You can also go to Mixler.com or Radio.EduTechGuys.com. Log in and chat with us right now from the chat. The chat. So uh, I tell you what, we're going to feature one of our music artists this week, and it's uh, Shane Howard. We featured him last week, a uh, great guy. 
Um, I'll let David give you. You want to give a little bit of? Uh, I can do that actually. I mean, I, I put David on the spot. He looked at me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, like, oh wait a minute. Yeah, I, I shove can, David out in front of the bus. I can pull that out. <laughs> I, got, I, I got it right here. So last week I had Shane Howard on. Um, it's not to be confused with the singer songwriter Shane Howard from Australia. All right, exactly. Uh, the Shane Howard we're showcasing today comes from uh, Risel, Texas. R I E S E L. Risel. Risel, Texas. That's what we're going with. He yeah. actually used to perform with a group called Rampage back in the late '80s, early '90s. Like most bands, things came things came and went, and ultimately Shane formed his own group, uh, the Shane Howard Band. Over the past decade or so, uh, even his group has uh, seen certain members come and go, but Shane has stuck with it the whole time. Uh, they're actually open for folks like Pat Green, uh, Travis Tritt, uh, John Conley, and a slew of others. Uh, interestingly enough, Shane now plays a lot with uh, Kevin Honeycutt mm-hmm. and the group uh, f- f- Tweet, Tweetwood, Tweetwood Mac. Mac. Yes, Tweetwood, Tweetwood Mac, Mac. the cover band. So uh, anyway, right now we're going to take a listen to Shane's song, uh, the Shane Howard Band, and their song uh, Rattlesnake Road. Hope you like it. football game On the square in my town was a place to be Radio blaring Show me all night long Singing along and rocking this song on Rattlesnake Road Friday night football Moving Strawberry Hill Feeling young and crazy Out on the Rattlesnake And drink what you have Mad Dog 2020 Made us have some fun Picking the guitar Play a country song The bottle let me
no rules or burdens to drag us down. Flashing lights and sirens have found us now. It's time to get the hell of rattlesnake. Here, listen to the Shane Howard Band, Rattlesnake Road, on radio.edutechguys.com. Uh, welcome back, uh, those of you that are listening on the old internet radio out there in internet land. Internet and, uh, internet those land. that are on uh, the, uh, the Periscope, welcome back. Um, like I said, it was Shane Howard Band. We'll listen to another song of his here in just a little bit. Uh, yeah, cool. Right now, we're going to jump back into the show. Like I said, this is our 10th anniversary show. This is our Woo. 10th show since the inception and the creation of uh, Edutech Guys Radio, uh, Season 1, Episode 10. Um, we're pretty excited about it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm, That's Greg was cool. supposed to get a cake. Greg showed up without a cake. so it, I'm sorry. No cake for us. So um, we're pretty no excited cake about it. for you. No if you would like to check us out, edutechguys.com. Lots of stuff happening in the blog area. Um, there's some great, vi- a great video up there on Periscope stuff, and David's put up some other helpful quick tips if you'd like to check it out. Uh, jumping back into uh, some of our discussion stuff, uh, David uh, has some really interesting stuff from something that used to most of you might remember is Open Office. Yeah, um, last week a friend of mine, Mark, uh, had uh, posted a question on the Twitter. The Twitter. As, <laughs> as Jeff is just hell bent on saying. <laughs> uh, but uh, he posted a question on Twitter asking me if I uh, knew if any of the tech folks that I knew were using a program called LibreOffice. I had no, I hadn't heard of it, didn't know anything about it. So uh, I posed the question out to uh, the tech list uh, for uh, folks that I that I know, for a list that I'm on. Uh, as it turns out, a lot of them use it. Most of them personally, um, it's uh, installed by default on several Linux distros, uh, but there are also Windows and Mac counterparts. Now, the story, from my understanding, about LibreOffice is that. Uh, there was some kind of a fallout with OpenOffice. And some of you may have heard of OpenOffice. Um, that's the one I was more familiar with. Uh, and evidently they spun off and decided to form their own thing called LibreOffice. And they are actually, if I remember right, they just released version 5.5. Uh, and so some of the folks that, um, that I talked with uh, about who were using it, some of the tech folks that are using it, uh, some of them were using the latest, greatest version. Other folks weren't. They were still a, a version behind. They were kind of waiting. Um, 
But uh, yeah, so the short answer, Mark, if you're listening, is yes. Some of the fo- some of the tech folks I know are using LibreOffice personally, not necessarily at the district level. But oh, cool. There you so go. how does how does how does LibreOffice? Are they making money on upgrades and you know? pieces you know everybody knows the old app game hey i got this great app but if you want a certain filter or you want to do a certain thing with it it's an add-on but since it's open source they generally kind of steer clear of that they may have um they may have programmers that are paid on staff that are funded either through some sort of grant or whatever but most of the time it's all contributed stuff um as is the nature of open source last time i used it which was probably it's been a while, maybe two, three years. Um, yeah, it was. It was just just like OpenOffice was. It's just yeah. like most open source projects. Eventually, there's a a schism and one that it forks, and some people decide to go this way, and other people decide to go that way. Oh, so. cool! You said schism. Yes. Um, schism. Uh, <laughs> well, and and I just I jumped over to their site real quick, and they actually do have um, a. Uh, Paid enterprise support or what have you? Yeah, essentially. I mean, it's they, they have what they call professional support. Right. Um, they've got certified developers, which are actually some pretty big-name folks. Um, they also have some certified migration professionals and certified training professionals. So um, my assumption then would be that those folks pay to be able to have that. And then also um, there was uh, there's a, a bit in here about how, um, I can't remember where I saw that, it was right here. Uh, but anyway, uh, they have some companies who develop um, products that go either with LibreOffice or kind of like extensions for lack of a better word, but um, where they can pay to be a part of the official LibreOffice distribution, evidently. So I guess that's what I guess that's where they some of their money, their money comes in. That's pretty cool. And it, it, this is all just Linux based, or is it? No, it, it's it's open source, but it's cross platform. It'll run on Windows. It'll run on OS 10. It'll run on Linux. And so I wonder, you know, it's really pocket interesting. Calculators and <laughs> pocket calculators. <laughs> one of the biggest problems that uh, we are, we have with Google Apps. It's not a problem, but it's one of the small deficiencies is. If a Windows uh, document comes in and it's got, say, tables, tables in it or something like that, yeah. Google, yep. I wonder how LibreOffice brings that in also. You know, I wonder how it converts it and, and vice versa and back out. You know, Right. Well, and, and, that, and that's a good question. I, I personally have not played with LibreOffice at all. But I, I know when I was using OpenOffice, I ran into some of those issues even in that. There, right. were, there were some things that just could not, would not translate right in a box, exactly some of the stuff is related to some of the stuff is related to the fact that fonts are actually licensed which is when right you, which is a very bizarre sort of whenever uh, you first move whenever you start out on Linux uh, from several years ago I started out with Linux um, right after I moved off of Windows before I became a Mac guy and one of the first things you notice is the fact that the fonts all look very strange because the <laughs> fonts are all licensed and most of them are owned by either uh, Microsoft or Apple. And so whenever you jump onto Linux, it's like, these don't look <laughs> quite the same. That's and right. some of the fonts were not the best in the world. It's gotten better over the years. But, yeah, so anytime you import a document from, that was written in a Microsoft product or an Apple product, right. it's... It's gotten better, especially as um, Android and such have taken off, because I believe, I could be mistaken on this one, um, I believe that the Android has added an open source font 
Um, oh. As its default, I can't remember if that's yeah. if the hmm. if the font that they switched to is actually open source or if they it's one of those sort of in between. It's licensed under this way for this thing, but not the other way. So. Right. Right. So yeah, if you want to try LibreOffice, you can get it at www.libreoffice.org. And uh, it's a free download, and uh, it even has portable versions, I see. So you can get all kinds of you know yep. interesting pieces for that. So uh, definitely check it out, LibreOffice, it's, it's, especially if your district or you personally are looking for something to, that your kids could take at home. There's one a really interesting thing. Everybody thinks that all these school districts have iPads and one-to-ones and that's not necessarily true there are right. some kids that are you know byod that are right. going home working on maybe a windows 7 machine maybe a windows xp machine or right they, or they don't have internet access or they that's, don't have that's, internet that's, access. that's the primary yeah. that's the primary thing that makes google apps potentially problematic is yep. the fact that it's got to be online but you right. know building a, a nice little thumb butt drive usb machine that they can take with them back and forth put LibreOffice on it take it home plug it in they've got boom they've got what they need to do that, exactly. that work on so hey yeah check out LibreOffice. that's a really cool one um i want to throw this out to you it since it is the week before school here in arkansas and most of the country is starting up over the next two three weeks the month of august is school starting time around sure. the country um, you know, what's your school doing this year that's different in curriculum? You know, what's different in technology? What's what's the big thing that's happening? Is it BYOD? Is it flipped classrooms? Is it, you know, differentiated this or that? Is right. it, you know, what's happening out there? If you take a look on our website, edutechguys.com, down at the bottom, you'll find a nice uh, little uh, comment area. Drop us a comment. Tell us what's going on. If you're watching us on the uh, Periscope right now, if you could, <laughs> I just did a cheesy wave and a yes. smile. Um, if you're watching this in the Periscope right now, uh, if you throw something out, if you're an educator and you're watching what's going on right now, um, if you're listening to us online, you're on chat at mixler.com slash edutech, guys. Let us know what you're, what you're doing out there. I can tell you that it's, it is a never-ending, constant battle um, to do technology in the classroom. Yes. You're, you're talking All about a generational divide that is massive. You're talking about teachers that could be teaching 30. This could be their 35th, 40th year of teaching. But even if you're talking about a teacher who's this is their 20th year of teaching, which that's kind of middle of the road, you know, 20 years, been here a while. You've, you've got to realize that when they started teaching, none of this existed. Right, right. And now it might have, but most schools might have had a lab. A, like. No one necessarily had a computer in their classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, that was 1995. Yeah. Yeah, very few teachers had a computer in their classroom, much less, you know, PowerPoint or any of that kind of stuff. It was all brand new. Sure. And now kids are carrying in their pocket machines that are, you know, more powerful than when we launched uh, the, the moon to the rocket. Uh, rocket to the moon. But that was interesting, too. We launched the moon to the rocket. Oh, it was Does a bad Jeff day. Jeff has any dyslexia. So, um, <laughs> audio. Auditory dyslexia. Auditory dyslexia. Like I said, it would be old. But, you know, it would be interesting for us to know at future shows, uh, we're going to try to delve into a few more specific things. Yeah. And we really could use your feedback in knowing what you'd like to talk about, what you'd like to hear about. And we'd really like to ask you to start being a part of this show by – giving us a comment from the website, you know, chatting to us. Follow us on EduTechGuys um, uh, at uh, Twitter, at EduTechGuys. Send us a couple of tweets. Let us know what you'd like to do, what you're doing on your campuses. Um, we will be making our way around the state and around the country in the future, hopefully sooner than later. Yes. Um, big news. I'm going to let David tell you. So we, we've, for us, we've had a, a really big news. I'm going to preface this with when we first started this show, 
um, we decided at lunch one day, let's do a radio show. And so David and I said, yeah, we'll do it and see how it works out. We'll use Mixler. And that was episode one. And at that same time, Corwin Press was doing um, a big uh, convention here, a a conference here with a lot of their big-time authors. Yes. And um, we said we would love to come in and we would love to live broadcast the entire conference. And they said, sure, come on. And Dave and I went, hey, this will be fun. <laughs> 16 hours of live broadcasting <laughs> later. We you both realized that totally nuts. It, was, it was nuts. But you know what's really crazy is we both loved it. Yeah, and we yeah. both loved to talk, as you can tell. And, um, <laughs> and, and so it went really well. So um, as this show has gone on, you know, we brought Greg on board, which was an intent. And so Greg's on board with us. But um, some, some big stuff's happened to us, and I'll let David tell you about it. Well, um, yeah, so one of the things, and, and sorry for my stumbling because I, here's the fastball. Boom, yeah, boom. but and I know where he's going, and, and I'm and I'm you know delaying the 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 news. Um, <laughs> it's not partly because I just no no it's it's, it's very very exactly. good news. Uh, but one of the things when we when we did the Corwin conference, um, as we were talking with Corwin Press. We made sure that they understood that we were not going to be in those sessions broadcasting the sessions. We weren't going to be in the keynotes broadcasting the keynotes. Right? A lot of that stuff is is copyright, and and presenters get you know a little touchy about their materials going sure. out to an unknown audience, what have you. So, all that to say um, that uh, we have reached out to uh, the uh, association for. Uh, wait, I got to remember that now. Uh, the Association for Education Service Agencies, uh, referred to as AESA, uh, and we, we reached out to them, I reached out to them last week and said, "Hey, we would love to come and broadcast live from your uh, conference that's going to take place in New Orleans in December." Uh, I got a call from Dr. Young, who uh, is uh, heading up some of those efforts. We uh, talked for a good little while and uh, discussed a little bit, and he uh, took it to his folks, and we just got the word earlier today that, uh, yeah, it's a go. So we are going to be broadcasting live from New Orleans uh, in very early December. Uh, the conference itself, uh, you can get there, aesa.us is the uh, address. Um, we're going to be broadcasting from there. The conference itself runs December 2nd through the 5th. Um, we probably won't broadcast on the second because that's kind of the initial registration. Uh, essentially, the only thing going on is the um, president's reception um, and and welcome, and we're not going to broadcast that. Um, that's you know part of the agreement, uh, and that's fine. I don't have any <laughs> problem have, with that at all. You know, some stuff to uh, but um, but we will start on the third, and the conference itself runs. Pretty much eight to four. We'll start uh, registration and that kind of stuff starts about seven in the morning. So we'll be there before eight o'clock. We'll be there a little after four. Um, but we're going to broadcast uh, all day for each of the days of the conference that we can. So 
We're going to do another live broadcast. I, that's, that's very cool, very big news. Will, will it be another 16-hour, you know? Uh, yeah, well. Unfortunately, <laughs> I have a sneaking suspicion it will be. Yes, I'm, and then some, really. You guys, but, you know, uh, our you intent. You guys have fun. Our, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Greg, Greg has already made it pretty uh, clear. I, uh, he's, oh, yeah, he's, yeah. he's quite all right with uh, ma- holding down the fort back here at Hope I Public will Schools. make that sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> our intent um, is, is quite interesting. When we, when we realized what we were doing, it's so much fun to interview the presenters outside of their element. Yes. Um, because they actually, I think they learned some things about what they were doing mm-hmm. because, you know, was, we were asking questions, have, having not been in the workshops or in the presentations. Right. You know, we're working off of just what we know about their bio and maybe the title of the presentation. Yes. Um, it's also fun to stop folks that are leaving presentations and workshops and find out the, well, you know, what's going on with them. And so that's how that all played out, and yeah. um, it's uh, we're pretty excited about it. Um, so if you uh, you know if you would like us to come to your place, if you're at, if you're an educational institution, would love us to come and show you about this neat technology. It's it's interesting. Internet radio is nothing brand new. It's been right. around for a long time. Right. Um, companies like Mixler and Spreaker have made it possible to you know host your own shows and. Sure. This is, you know, something we thought we would do, and it turned out to be quite lucrative for us. It, it lucrative in the sense of, I think, professionally and creatively, we've all three. Yeah, it's very fulfilling. We're, fulfilling. We're, yeah. we're all growing, and we're enjoying what we're doing. And we hope you're enjoying what you're doing. And, and uh, so, yeah, those watching on Periscope and and Daniel listening out there on. Uh, on the internet radio. I see you out there. Daniel, <laughs> Daniel I see you on the radio. Daniel I see Faulkner, you. Daniel Faulkner is always listening to hey, us. That, and uh, that is awesome. We appreciate that <laughs> we so much. Really. We always appreciate, we always listen to any listener. Well, we always appreciate <laughs> any listener. Um, yeah, so back to what we were talking about earlier, um, curriculum. It's interesting. This year, I think, it's going to be an interesting year in education. And the reason I say that is because Windows 10, I think any time a new OS comes out, you know, a brand new OS, and not that 10 is a brand new OS, but it is a new OS, it kind of mixes up the whole thing. Because a lot of adopters are, you know, it's like, oh, it's new, shiny, it's the newest version, I've got to have this version. Plus there's always the, you know, the every other cycle where, with a Microsoft operating system, it tends to be where education and enterprises and that sort of thing tend to skip uh, one of the releases, and so now we're back on the the release that everybody's going to be buying into because all their hardware is getting old and that sort of thing. Yeah, but I think that with with Google moving with Alphabet, you know, that's going to play itself out over the next few months. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. It, it makes you wonder, you know, when a company does something like that, like when suddenly the massive becomes just part of another massive that's mm-hmm. now been generated you realize that they're about to branch off into other areas. Right. Yeah, if Google is a wholly owned subsidiary of Alphabet, then there's going to be other things coming. And I personally think it would be interesting to see Google Apps for Education or an education division really blow up out of Google. You know, because now they could actually start to split those things off and Google could be like Apple or Microsoft or any other boys and start buying even more educational entities. I mean, I think some of those big players out there uh, you know, sure. like uh, Modern Teacher or Success Maker, or, sure. you know, those guys that are out there, uh, e-instruction, mm-hmm. they could find themselves looking at a pretty hefty, you know, paycheck to purchase them from Google. And Google say, hey, we want to buy this technology from you and bring it in because now you'll be a subsidiary of Alphabet. You know, are you sort of saying, I mean, it could oh, be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, my, um, 
allow me to play the other side of that, I'll, I'll devil's advocate, if you will. Um, so now Google is now going to be uh, a, a, a drop underneath the alphabet umbrella. So the alpha umbrella, if you will. The alpha So then that begs the question, um, you know, Google has been known for giving away lots of stuff, beta, oh, yeah. beta sizing everything, right? They've, they've gotten away from that a little bit over the past. Okay, few years. Yeah. all right, they have. But um, you look at things like Google Apps for Education as a whole, Google Classroom, currently all free for schools. Well, you know, is the parent company now going to say, "Well, that was all well and good, and we've got you hooked." <clears throat> So now we're going to charge you in order for you to keep this. I'd, I'd be more worried if it had changed hands, but it, since it's just more of a reorganize and it's the same sort of people running the show, they're just now have a different set of acronyms after their name in a different, <laughs> a different yeah. company with different letters. Yeah. Sure. Um, I would, I'm less worried about that in this okay. particular case. Right. Although it should be noted that like even some of our the big websites that everybody uses every day have never turned a profit. Like YouTube has right. never turned a profit in the history of YouTube, which is stunning when you think about well, it. Well, especially because of the people who were on there putting out content who are, yeah, who are making way, <laughs> exactly. you know, way more than just a profit. I mean, you know. Exactly. But that, that is very interesting. So uh, I'm not trying to, you know, I like to keep things moving along. Keep it rolling, Jeff. Um, this is a great article that um, I actually stumbled across just uh, today. And um, the it's on edugeekjournal.com. Okay. Uh, great place to you know get some really cool stuff. the The title of it is "Is it really possible to redo edtech from scratch?" And Ooh, so it starts scratch. off with this. It says Jesse Stommel and Sean Michael Morris ask an interesting question at a hybrid pedagogy a couple of days ago. Hybrid pedagogy was a big, you know little conference. Um, imagine that no educational technologies had yet been invented. No chalkboards. Uh, no clickers, no, no, no textbooks, no learning management systems, no courses, no MOOCs. If you could start from scratch, what would you build? You know, I have to say, that is a great question. I think you would ask your teachers when you were starting something new, like a one-to-one -one plan, or you're starting a new LMS, or you're starting something different, is like, you know, what would you do if nothing existed and you could say, I'm going to start from scratch, what do we build? That would be really interesting. And, and I think that's what's interesting about something we were talking about earlier is it's technology is so layered at this point. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, uh, in, in our business, a lot of times uh, a new tech might move in and go, well, this doesn't work. And this th that new tech doesn't work for that tech. Right. And so, you know, you'll see a lot of schools and educational entities that are actually transformed by us one person or maybe two in the technology department. Right, right. It's like, we're going to use Linux machines that I built in the garage and right. you know, or, or whatever. Right. But it's interesting to look at the fact that it never goes down all the way back to dirt level. You're always just kind of adding a new layer on top of what is there. It's just like, okay, well, what do I like to do? Well, I don't mind the, the smart boards, but let's use them with Windows machines now right. instead of Macs or let's right. do that kind of thing. I think it's a really interesting question. So. You know, if you want to take a look at the article, it's it's four or five uh, good paragraphs, but it's more he's wanting content, like we are. We want you to let us know what you think about things. And I think that's a great, great question. Is you know, Well, so I think of it in terms of um, let's say that, that suddenly you, I, uh, was put in charge of 
uh, a brand new charter school or a brand new school. We're going to build this. You know, we're, we're we have too many students here. Therefore, we're going to actually right. separate off, and, and we're going to have our own school district. It doesn't exist anywhere. We're going to actually build buildings from scratch, the whole nine yards. What What do you want to do technology wise? Um, and, and and you got I, to start from scratch. From scratch, but I think it's very interesting that they pose it from including any kind of quote-unquote technology. I mean, you know, they, they even said, you know, chalkboards, whiteboards, and then moved into, you know, tablets, PCs. What, what, what technologies would you want in place if you were completely in charge of having that technology built from ground up? And that, wow. Well, I you mean, know, how, it's how, really funny. It's, it's how like... Do you, how do you, you know, part of that, you know, to me, part of that struggle in figuring out what you would end up doing is the fact that you've got that, you know, whatever historical experience and, and prejudices that come with that, biases that come with that, in order to lay the foundation for putting in whatever technology you think would be the way to go right. from zero. Right. I think it's because, you know, even thinking about, you know, when they said chalkboards, you know, we have no more chalkboards. Mm-hmm. Now, we do have a lot of eraser boards, which I still think there is a, a place for an eraser board. I mean, sure. On we the use, wall. I, yeah, on this wall. My entire way. office. <laughs> yeah, my entire office is one giant, you know, whiteboard. Which I, w- I wouldn't put one in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's interesting. It would be, maybe we would. It, wouldn't it be fun uh, to, to do it, to work that where they go, listen, we're starting this new place and we want you to. We want to build it from the ground up. Because I think the interesting part would be uh, Greg and I make a lot of decisions based on our previous past experiences. Sure. And, and, oh, yeah. and, and we know our people fairly well. So, you know, we can actually say, well, this isn't going to work for us, but this would work for us. Sure. It would be fun to start one not knowing and go, okay, from we've just met these people. What questions do we ask them? Yeah. Right. You know, how, yeah. do we, how do we build this? I think it would be pretty interesting. Well, it, it's One thing that I think uh, that often it's it's interesting how technology often arrives at a school district. Sometimes it's requested by the teachers and it's pulled from that side, and then the, the tech tech department supports it, and then the administration supports it, and that sort of thing. Other sure. times it's pushed by the administration. Right. Other times by the tech people. Um, and I think it's really interesting the sort of pitfalls that you fall into based on where where it started. Because if it started at the teacher level, it might be a fantastic educational tool, but maybe it doesn't necessarily scale very well to okay. like an entire district right, or sure. you know, a whole site or that sort of thing. Um, and that's where the tech people come in and go, hey, maybe it would have been better if we did this thing instead. Right. Whereas if you start with the tech people, maybe it's like phenomenal on the back end and it scales to, you know, like the size of the United States. But on the educational side, it's maybe not so good. But right. how yes. are the tech guys going to know if they don't have an educational background? It's like, sure. yeah, it's got math. I'm going to write that down from now on. It's got math. And then, of course, from the administrative side, you know, they'll often go to conferences and that sort of thing, and they get the whole dog and pony show, but they have no idea how it works on the back end, and so there's massive complication that comes in some of the time. Or maybe uh, uh, at the teacher and student level, it's got some sort of complication because it's either a duplicate of something a teacher was already doing, sort of a grassroots homegrown thing in their classroom. Um, So it's, I think it's, it's interesting to sit down and stop and think about, okay, as a teacher or as a tech guy or as an administrator, do I push this 
as an idea because it needs to be pushed across the entire campus in order to make sense. Right. Uh, like, for instance, standardizing on Google Apps or Office or whatever. Because sure. if you don't standardize on something, people are going to try to swap documents and it's no fun. Right, right. Um, and then other times it's like, okay, is it really – oftentimes we don't actually stop and ask ourselves, is this, this is really shiny and cool, but is this something that we actually want to push on teachers that already have so much on their plates? Right, you know, are, right. Is this something that's actually educationally valid and desired? Well, and that's one of the things – I, and from my experience, um, you know, I, I've got two different viewpoints from that. We've got a district that uh, they had a superintendent uh, who's no longer there, but they had a superintendent who, when he came on board, he had a grant. And part of that grant was a massive rollout of Macs. They were not a Mac district before that. Um, came in, brought the grant, and he said, you know, as the superintendent, hey, we're going to roll out all these Macs. Right. And then a couple of years later, he retired and left. And so they're all the Macs go left away or doing, they get blended or you know. yeah, or or what's the you know is there a replacement or you know the next person coming in is he Mac centric? Does he does he want to throw all the Macs out and go back to PC? Right, exactly. Does he not care one way or another? Yeah. So there's that. And then the there's other the other needless churn for the sake of churn. Right. right exactly. Like, well, and, and then from at, at our vantage point here at the education co-op. Um, we sat on not installing, and, and I'm just using Mac as an example, but we, we sat on not using Macs um, for a long time, not for any particular reason other than most of the districts were not using Macs, right. and so we didn't necessarily see a need. Well, we sat down and asked those questions. You know, w- you know what are some of the things you'd like us to see? Da, da, da. And one of the answers came back is, well, how come you guys don't have Macs? Mm-hmm. We're like, well, we Nobody were waiting for us. you guys to have Macs. <laughs> and the schools are like, well, well, we were waiting for you to have Macs. Some training. Oh, okay. So yeah. here we go. So I think the interesting part about that question is the way it involves tech guys and tech departments yeah. is 12%. Yeah, yeah. Um, the majority of it should be on the curriculum and education. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. Our, ours is just to say, well, you need a three-ton unit for a house this size, and it'll cool you off just right. Now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. No. Yeah, that's right. I'm not you trying figure to... out. You figure out what you need or what, what you want to accomplish. We will help you get what you need to accomplish that. And some yeah. of the, some of the issue, some of the trick with that is the fact that some of the time, uh, what's the famous Steve Jobs quote? People don't know what they want, mm. um, and so oftentimes. You know, from a technology perspective, we actually have to go saying, hey, look at this cool new thing. Sure. Because sure. before, you know, educators aren't often, you know, diving into the deep technology. And right. So right. they don't even know necessarily that something exists. And the reverse is also true. There could be some fantastic educational app that we've never heard of because it's not within the IT sphere. Right. So, right. again, it all comes down to communication like everything else on the entire <laughs> which, face of the we've earth. We've got to communicate. Yeah, which every school district in the world does great at. Oh, yeah. It's unfortunate. So, hey, you're listening to radio.edutechguys.com. This is our 10th anniversary. It's just our 10th show of the season, first season. <laughs> but we're excited to, to know that we got through 10 weeks of the summer. Yeah. And we did 10 one-hour shows. Um, I tell you, we're going to take a quick break and let you listen to a little more Shane Howard Band. Uh, this song is quite appropriate for our 10th uh, anniversary of our 10th show. Uh, this is Crazy from the Shane Howard Band.
that can have my age Baby, I know I'm crazy Skips a beat and don't you know I'm crazy Yeah, yeah Crazy I'm crazy Yeah, yeah Crazy That was the Shane Howard Band here on EduTech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com, with the song Crazy. Uh, 
commemorate, commemorating, boy, those big words always get me. <laughs> commemorating our tenth show of the season, our first season, and uh, so we're we're winding down the show today. Hope you've had a good time. Uh, got a couple big things coming up. Yeah, uh, join us next week. Um, we were we bahaba bahaba. What is the deal? Okay, it's, I'm just next si- week. I'm sitting here soaking up all the good syllables, and that you guys get the bad ones out. Good syllables. <laughs> all right. So next week uh, we've got PBL Guru. Ginger Lumen, she'll be with us. Uh, talk Just about project-based learning. Ignorant guy here. What what is PBL? Project-based, project-based learning. Based oh, okay. learning. Yeah, PBL. That's, uh, it has it. nothing to do with bull riding <laughs> or lizard. I guess or lizard riding. The okay, old, that was. could be lizard. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna have Ginger Lumen. We'll have uh, another uh, featured artist of the week. Um, possibly, we'll have uh, Nick C and the Blue Tops uh, band out of Pittsburgh. Oh, fun. So hopefully, I'm hoping uh, we can get that rolling, get that approved. Hey, please keep up with us on the Twitter. Uh, you always follow us at EduTechGuys uh, on the Twitter, at EduTechGuys. Also, um, hit us on the website, EduTechGuys.com. Hit our chat at the – not our chat. Hit our contact at the bottom. Is a contact a contact form at the bottom. Yeah, we're really having troubles today. Uh, it is. But, uh, hey, real quick, I want to throw a shout-out to Mark, who shared uh, just a moment ago that today – Back in 1981, IBM released the IBM uh, PC with a whopping 10 megabyte hard drive. Whopping 10 megabyte hard drive. How far we've come. (laughs) Hey, well, listen, you've been listening to radio at uh, edutechguys.com. Live coming to you from the Southwest Arkansas Educational Co-op in Hope, Arkansas. Thanks to Hope Public Schools for allowing Greg and I to sneak out and do this show each week. Um, I'm Jeff Madlock. I'm Greg Moore. And I'm David Henderson. We'll see you in the funny pages. You've been listening to Edutech Guys Radio, radio.edutechguys.com. The opinions expressed on the site and this program for those who participants are not intended to and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any specific educational entity, sponsor, company, state, or government agency. This is Ross Romano from The Authority here on the B Podcast Network. It's the show where I interview people who know what they're talking about, and no matter your role, we have some recent episodes you won't want to miss. I spoke with Mark Miller, international best-selling author and VP of high-performance leadership at Chick-fil-A, about his brand new book, Culture Rules. Kate Everly Walker, CEO of Presence and author of The Good Boss, joined the show, and we've had conversations with Baruti Caffele, Peter DeWitt, Julie Evans, and many more. Join us each week for ideas to address your current pain points, new perspectives from authors you admire, and fresh takes from up-and-coming voices. Subscribe to The Authority Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.